The following audio is from The House in Rogers, Arkansas. More information about The House Church can be found at www.welcometothehouse.com. We're excited about this weekend. We had a good time. I went, uh, took my family up and uh, we went trout fishing. And I'm probably going to preach on it because I was terrible. Uh, see, I'm used to catfish. And so when I fish, I throw my bait into water that you really can't see what's down there. And so you're kind of hoping something bites. Trout fishing will make you totally insecure because the fish just is there and you can see it and it's looking right at your bait and it's like, nah. And so I'm like, I can reach down there and grab this fish. And one time, uh, Sage, our youngest, he had a pole in his hand and he goes, Dad, how about I just throw down the pole and go get that fish? And I was like, bro, if you can go get it, we're going to claim it. And so, yeah, obviously, as soon as it got in the water, it went away. But um, I am going to somehow master the art of trout fishing. And if you are a trout fisher, men, women, whatever, and you have the um, grace to fish, uh, we need to talk. Because uh, I, I, I found out towards the end that I had the wrong line. And the fish can see the line. I said, anyway, I, I got an education. Uh, two older men were next to me, and they were like, that's not going to work. I was like, thanks. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I got an, I got an education. Um, but anyway, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about our, our sermon today. I tell you, isn't it crazy how quickly we see life in two categories? And the two categories are possible and impossible. Um, and if we're not careful, we will abandon the dream that God has put in our heart because of our automatic responses. You know, there are automatic responses, and you can even watch TV. It's amazing how no, no matter what outlet you use, they're, they're quickly going to tell you what's impossible. Uh, if you follow politics, they're going to tell you what's impossible. If you follow sports, they're going to tell you what's impossible. They're going to talk constantly talk about, wow, this, there's no way they can. There's no way, and it's always about an impossibility. And it's easy for us to suppress our dreams because of negative experiences. But today I want to let you know that God has a mighty purpose for your life and that you are not forgotten. And God is known for changing those impossible circumstances and making them possible. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, yes, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Come on, I don't know about you, but that encourages me. Also, uh, in Mark chapter 3, verse 1 through 6, and that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time today. But just to give you a little background real quick before we get into this verse, is there is a, this is a powerful story, and Jesus once again is teaching what the kingdom of God is all about. And we always find him in these situations where he, it, they, seem, they seem insignificant, but he's going to drop a bomb on them, and it's like, mind blown. And uh, in this text, we are seeing that at this time, Jesus' works and Jesus' words are starting to get people's attention. And people are talking about Jesus. Is he or isn't he the long-awaited Messiah? Um, who does he think he is? Who is he? And, you know, 
people started to know Jesus. It, it, I mean, this thing was going viral before viral was viral. I mean, that, there was no hashtags, but people were knowing about Jesus. They were knowing who he was, and people were coming from other cities to witness what Jesus was doing. And obviously there were some that believed, and there were some that were like, yeah, with this dude. The government saw Jesus as a conqueror. The religious people saw Jesus as a threat. Some people saw Jesus as a teacher. The, the disciples, early on, they saw him as a prophet. But the needy, they saw Jesus as a friend. And, 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 and as we look at this text, maybe you're here today and you're not sure who Jesus is. And I believe by the time that we end together, it is my prayer that you would have a better understanding of who he is, his heart, and his power. Mark chapter 3, verse 1. Let's get into this and let's read it. Mark chapter 3, verse, verse 1. Got your Bible, you can turn it. If not, you can read it right up here. But it says this. And he entered the synagogue again. And a man was there who had a withered hand. So he watched. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal them, him on the Sabbath, so that they may accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by their hardness of heart, he said to them, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored and was whole, as whole as the other. Now I want to look at this because sometimes when we read the Bible, we don't really put ourselves in the context. We don't really put ourselves in the Bible. And so, you know, we read it more like a history book or we look at it like, oh, that was good. But, but I want to get in there. If we back up and look at this, he entered the synagogue again and there was a man with a withered hand. Now, as we start to look at this, my assignment today is this, stretch out, stretch forth your hand, stretch out your hand. And it's interesting to me that we see people, we see Jesus stretch out his hand way before the man with a withered hand did anything. And in this story, you can see figuratively Jesus reaching towards this man, this man reaching towards Jesus, and the religious people reaching away. And, and I find this, this whole concept interesting as we look at it, because I believe there are some truths in this text that can empower the dreams inside you. Can you imagine this moment where Jesus walking in and immediately, who does he value? I mean, Jesus walks into the synagogue again, and immediately, who does he value? I mean, come on, we're in northwest Arkansas, baby. you got to have a card. you got to network. You know what I'm saying? you got to, hey, where are you from? Okay, well, you know, we got to stalk people on Facebook and find out if they, we have any friends together. We've got to drop names. Come on, that's what we do. We, we, we drop, who do you know? Who do you, oh, well, well, oh, okay. Oh, and Jesus doesn't do any of that. He's not networking. And I'm not saying that any of that's bad. So some of you are like, okay. 
trying to make a living here, bro. Now listen, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that any of that's bad. I'm just saying, notice Jesus' response. Because Jesus has been preaching long enough now where the who's who are coming to his meetings. The, the prominent people of the day are showing up to hear what Jesus has to say. Jesus ain't going over there talking about, hey, it's so good to see. I mean, honestly, I don't care how you think about it, but if we had presidents walk into this building, it, it instantly, well, you, well, you would see a selfie, a uh, ussy, you know what I'm saying? It wouldn't be a selfie, it would be a ussy. I'd be like, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, 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 and people would be like, what's going on with that church, that president show? But Jesus had people, dignitaries, coming to his meeting, but yet in this meeting, who does he value? Who does he go toward? Jesus drew, the, drew major attention, but when he walks into the synagogue, and the first thing that I want to pull out from this text is Jesus goes to church, because this is what that was at that time. That's where they read the Torah. That's where they looked over scripture. That's where they worshiped. Jesus goes to church seeing an opportunity. He goes to church seeing an opportunity. And I think sometimes in our culture, because we are in the Bible Belt, we have grown up and we just go to church. But here's the deal. There are some people that go to church seeing an opportunity. I'm, I believe something's going to happen when I walk in the door. I'm, yes, there are moments when we go where I need a word. Man, I need to hear something. I have had a rough week. I've got some bad news. i got a back to bad doctor's report. I've got an issue with my son. I've got an issue with my daughter. You know what? Something's going on with my mother I, I i am discouraged in my heart and i need someone to pump some life i need to hear what's true because my feelings are jaded i need to be reminded what's right because left to myself <laughs> we're gonna back this truck up on somebody i mean left to myself you know I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna fly off the hand left to myself i'm gonna say what i know i shouldn't say but i and so I need to come and hear the word and there are times for that but there's got to be times where you know what I'm good and it's not this hard-hearted arrogant I'm good but it's I'm good I'm looking for someone I'm looking for an opportunity who can I pray with who can I minister to who can I bless what can I do how can I help you man how can I, I I'm in small things big things it doesn't matter but some it may be a $20 bill to a single single guy or a single girl and say hey you know what god just put you on my heart go by lunch jesus was going to a safe place to to read scripture and you would think that in that safe place he would kind of just disconnect and just kind of learn and just kind of go into this other way of thinking. And I feel like sometimes as we come to church, it's very easy. Sometimes we can disconnect and turn off. But what I want to let you know is this. You are needed in this house. Jesus would head, head to the house. A place where he could just study and worship. But yet he encounters someone that needs him. And my prayer is that when the people come to the house, we are always looking for someone who needs what we have. 
someone who needs what we have. You know what? I may not be able to help to everybody. I may not be able to speak to every issue. But I know that I have lived some life and I have overcome some things and there are things that I can give to someone and I am always looking for that person that I can drop my experience on. Come on. Then what that does is that turns the house into a place of ministry, not a place where you get ministered to. And, and that's Jesus, when he, when he called the disciples together, come on, it was time and teaching and training, and there was that time, but it was temporarily in, vocationally out. It was always, I'm teaching you to release you. I'm teaching you so that you can go do something. Listen, can I tell you that we got to be careful that we just don't show up and disconnect. And it, you know what I find it interesting? Jesus is on his way. He goes to the, uh, to the synagogue, and immediately there are people who don't like what he has to say. Can I tell you that anytime you're going to try to, and it's hard as a believer to, to work this concept out, and I want to try to do it justice, but I'm probably not. But um, it's funny because we care about everyone, but you have to not care about every opinion. And that's a very hard concept to grasp because how do I love everyone, stay teachable, stay humble, but realize you may like what I do and you may not like what I do. We're still moving forward. You know, but I'm, Jesus had a way of doing that. Where, it, But now it's like people want to start ministry. They want to start a business. They want to start something. And if anybody comes against them, y'all are hurting my feelings. I just don't why I just don't know why the church can't be so supportive. I just don't know why. I just don't. Jesus is going to He's the Son of God. He's the Son of He's the He has been there since the beginning. And these religious people are looking at him. We just read in the Bible, Jesus got angry, he gave him the stank eye. Jesus gave him the stank. I don't know if you've ever had the stank eye by somebody like, you know, looking you like, what? But Jesus gives the stank eye in the, I don't know if places you should not give the stank eye, but I'm thinking in the synagogue you shouldn't give the stank eye, Jesus gave the stank eye. My point in, in, in this is, listen, can I tell you that? Be careful who shows up to be a part of your dream because you may think that they're there to support you, but they're not. They're actually hoping you fail. And there are people, and here's the deal, no one wants to be that person, but if we were going to be really honest, there are times that we've been that person. We didn't want them to totally fail, but just kind of slightly fail. <laughs> you know, we didn't want them to totally succeed, we just wanted them to need us a little bit. Come on, we just wanted them to, we wanted to validate ourselves so that we could, you know, tell them, I, I, I was right. Listen, too many believers have critical responses to what God wants people to do. And come on, it's, it don't cost anything to encourage somebody. It didn't cost one dime to encourage. It didn't cost one dime to encourage someone and believe God. Come on, if that's in your heart to do, how can we help you? What can we do? How can we pray for you? How can we lift you? How can we do? But it's very easy to look back and criticize. I don't, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't know what he's, what do you think he means? What do you think they do? What do you think? Jesus is about to unload a, a mind-blowing concept. And the mind-blowing concept is this. It's always okay to be good. <laughs> like on Sundays? Like on the Sabbath? On Saturday night we can do good? What? Shut up. Now listen, when we meet together, we have an opportunity to encourage one another, to see some, one another, to call out the potential in someone else. And here's the deal. There will be moments when there will be withered hand, withered spirits, withered hearts, withered minds, withered, man, some of it is because of our own sin and compromise. Sometimes it's because of someone else's sin and compromise. Sometimes it's because of natural circumstances. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But can I tell you that not every day will you experience the feeling that I always have it all together. Someday there will be a withering concept, in a withering moment, a withering season where you feel like what I thought I could do, I can't do. And this area that God has obviously created is withered. My dream is withered, my potential has withered, my hope is withered, something is withered. And I don't even know how to communicate to get it back. There is no discord between the man with the withered hand and Jesus. This guy doesn't go up and say, hey man, I heard you were a healer, brother, let's talk. I got this issue. Can you touch it? This issue has separated this man. And I want to tell you that this, in this church, in this house, we want to see withered things come alive. Marriages, relationships, spiritual lives, dreams. We want to see potential in you come alive. And I believe that God is preparing this house to be a place where many have an opportunity to minister. Right, we have small groups that are coming up, and you may see, oh, that just sounds like a bunch of work and coming together. With I got my own problems. I'm going to get together with a bunch of church people and listen to their problems. Dear God. <laughs> I just like coming on Sunday, and I like leaving, and I like at least thinking that everybody's normal. But if I start getting in people's houses, oh, God. <laughs> That's one thought. Or the other thought is, I have to be a part of this because I have something to give. And Jesus saw it as an opportunity. You know, even in my own life, come on, I remember a time I was in junior high, I was playing basketball. And, uh, you know, my parents got divorced and my mom went back to school. And, man, we lived a, a time when it was just hard financially. My mom worked three or four jobs. And so I was on the junior high team. I was in eighth grade, and we, we went and played the game, and we played well. And, and you know what? But my real challenge was after the game. Because, see, after the game, we went out to eat. I could play hard on the court, and I could play, you know, good. And I, but when I got done was the most challenging time for me because I didn't have any money to eat. And so I had a normal routine that I would do. I, I would sit at the back of the bus, and I would be the last one off. 
And when I was the last one off, once everybody got off, then I would go to the bathroom. And I would stay there until everybody circled through the line because I didn't have enough money to buy any food. But you know what? Some of my teammates one day, there was one open seat and there was a cup there. There was about $7 in it. The coach just comes by and says, Sexton, hurry up and take your money and go get something to eat. We never said a word. We never talked. But it, but it affected me. Even to this moment, you know, when I was thinking about this story, I was like, God, stupid, dumb. <laughs> you know? Such a weenie. <laughs> you know? but, uh, but I was like, in that moment, someone saw an opportunity and that opportunity was small. It was insignificant for each one of them. It was like 75 cents. It was nothing but the fact that someone saw. Come on. Church has become a place where people come and rest instead of where people come and do. We don't work for our salvation, but, but come on. If God has liberated you, come on, don't you want to do that for somebody else? Don't, if God has given you a second chance, has anybody in here gotten a second chance? Come on. Come on. You can raise your hand. It's okay. Can we do that in church? There's no song playing. Listen. Don't you want to do that for someone? Don't you want to be for someone what someone was for you? Do you remember being young and lost and not knowing what direction? Do you remember? Some of you are like, that was last week. You know, I, you know, do you remember being? Come on, Jesus saw an opportunity. And that's what I want for our people is that when we show up, we see an opportunity. The second thing is that Jesus calls the needy. Jesus calls to the needy. I'm sure that man felt obscure and insignificant. And, and, and if we were going to be completely transparent, there are moments where you may feel the same way. But come on, somebody. I'm not here talking to perfect people today. I'm talking to people that have to battle real struggles and real moments. And I want you to know that in your time of need, Jesus does not look over you. His agenda is not more important than you. He sees you right where you're at. He doesn't want to know the history and how it all happened. And so, uh, you know, you, what, what happened to you? Is this sin or was it, you know, uh, a house building exercise? I, I don't know. What happened with the arm, bro? It wasn't, it was, he wasn't accosted. There wasn't this big moment where he had to give you're not minimized and you're not broken and you're not unaffected come on I believe that God is speaking to somebody here in this place don't you know that Jesus was praying and making and in the middle of criticism in the middle of opposition what is this going to do to my my ministry what's this going to do to my political future what's this going to do to our kingdom what's this going to do I'm going should I choose this or should I choose this I'm always going to choose you over the system. I'm always going to choose you, oh church, that we would be a place where we see needy people. And here's the thing. 
The thing about this is this. When Jesus ministered to a needy person, they didn't stay there. A lot of times we think that we don't want to minister to needy people because, oh, my gosh. You know, when you open the floodgates of need, you just never, never stop. You know what I'm saying? But when Jesus really impacts a life, he takes them from someone who didn't to someone who did. And come on, that, that's what we want for our people. We want them to thrive. This man could not work. This man could not, but he could work after that, hallelujah. These two things swinging around, pick up some rocks. I don't know what you got, but let's move forward. I don't, I don't want to be a church that just the same people keep the same need over and over and over again. Come on. I want there to be a moment where we can meet God and move on. And I believe that he is telling us today, come on, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. Are you in a place where you need God? Oh, yeah, I know. I know I need him. Do you? Do you need him or you got it all figured out? You have your Bible lesson and you have your Bible study and you have your this, that, and you got it all worked out. But let me just tell you this. Great things happen for people who need the Lord, who need him. This man could have said, when, when Jesus called him out, come on, I don't know if you've ever been in that moment when you're called out. This guy had a withered hand, and Jesus said, hey, come here, step up. And Jesus asked this guy to do what he can. I mean, look, can we just talk about that? For, he, Jesus asked, I cannot, my hand is withered. You're asking me to do something that I cannot do. That doesn't even make sense. Why would God ask me to do something I cannot do? Why would you ask me to forgive this person? Why would you ask me to tie? Why would you ask me to give? Why would you ask me to do? Why would you ask me to open my home? Why would you ask me to move? Why would you ask me to be a missionary? Why would you ask me? Why would you ask me to do what I can't? Because your life is going to change. I'm going to take you to another level. Come on, somebody. God is going to do something in your life. But if you stay where you're at, We gotta move forward. We gotta move forward. Jesus is calling the need. And this man could have said no. He could have thought, man, you're gonna mock me. He could have been, man, you're talking about my issue. Come on, we're in a society where no we can't talk about nobody's we can't talk about issues. If we don't talk about issues, then we don't solve problems. Listen, when Jesus calls to you. It may be the hardest moment in your life to get up, but you need to listen to what he says and stretch out your hand because your dream may be on the other side of your obedience. Come on. It's hard. It seems impossible. It can't be done except for it was and it did. Listen, the third thing I want to show you from this text is Jesus sees the heart. Jesus sees the heart. It's funny how they say, but some kept silent. Some kept silent. I don't know about you, but sometimes silence can be very loud. Come on, 
Any men married? <laughs> she's silent. You know why she's talking? And, and, and we may even be in a discussion. But we're good. But when she gets silent, I'm like, what's wrong? <laughs> what happened? What's wrong? What do you want to do? Sorry. What? Uh. <laughs> silent is saying, it ain't silent. It's, that's, it's him. <laughs> Come on, my kids. My kids, I can tell I'm a joker. We wrestle, we do. When they get silent, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take that. Sorry. On the other end, I'm telling them to do something. They're like, okay. And I'm like, whoa, 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 bring that back. I didn't say anything, but you're saying it. <laughs> you said it with your eyes. You said it with your body. You said, but I wouldn't say it. I don't know what's wrong. I didn't say it. Oh, you're, you're saying something. These religious people were saying something with their silence. Jesus starts to talk to them and says, is it lawful to do good or to do bad? <laughs> we're not going to answer your question. Jesus looks at their heart, and I think that this text is important for us because we somehow paint Jesus as this Gandhi figure that never gets upset, always has a peaceful principle, is listening to music in the background, incense are burning, and Jesus is sweet. The Bible says he got angry. Why did he get angry? Now, Jesus doesn't beat up anybody. You know what I'm saying? Jesus doesn't drop kick anybody. But he's upset. Why is he upset? He's upset because he can see the condition of their heart. And they are not for people. And so they missed God's heart. In all of their study, they missed God's heart. In reading about Genesis and Exodus, reading Moses and reading all of what God did. And all the times that God loved people. And all the times that he restored them and he freed them. You read the letters, but you missed it. You've studied deep, but you're still shallow. Yes, there were commandments. Yes, don't do this and don't do this. But that was because I loved you. I didn't want you to be in bondage. I freed you from captivity. I brought you out of Pharaoh. And I gave you these ten commandments because I wanted you to stay. Come on, somebody. Free. The wages of sin is death. And so you're trying to live these letters, these, these, these commandments, as if, if you break one, you're going to be destroyed. But you're missing the fact that I was the one that freed you. I was the one that came. I was the one that brought a deliverer. I was the one that brought up judges. I was the one that made Samson strong. I was the one, I was the one that continually came and did. I, and you've missed that. And now we can't do any good for anyone. Because it is the Sabbath. 
You hear what I'm saying? Jesus could see their heart, and obviously it's not our heart to offend people. Jesus didn't try to offend people. But can I tell you this? The truth offends. It does. And if we live in this culture where nobody can offend anybody, then what I'm telling you is we're headed toward anarchy. That's just how it's going to be. Listen, God is good. Sin is bad. Sin will hurt you. Sin kills people. It hardens hearts. And we have to be able to stand against an issue without crucifying people. And that's where we've not done good as a church, a whole, universal, because we're mad at people, but we never handle an issue. You've got to be able to talk about issues. And listen, I'm not going to be a political church, but there are some things that we've politicized that aren't political. Life is not political, but it is. And so now that we, we can't even talk about uh, a life, abortion, we can't talk about because, oh, that might be offensive. And what if someone has, and what if some, and, and you know what? Here's the deal. I've blown it. I've messed up. I've done things I wish I hadn't have done. But, but, but taking away the standard doesn't free people. Jesus was angry at their hearts because their hearts were hard they had let pride and sin come in see the reason that there's so much back backlash is because the church we, we pick homosexuality and transgender and all these things and we're going to talk about those okay what about gluttony that's the problem if you're going to talk about sin you have to talk about it all you cannot talk about five you have to talk about stealing, killing, lying, cheating, deception, taxes. You have to, it doesn't, it, oh, geez, some of y'all like, move on, move on, move on. You, 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 you can't talk about a sin, you have to talk about sin. You have to talk about your own life. You have to talk about gossip and depression and, and, and you have to talk, all of these things that try to somehow give you wiggle room to be fleshly. Jesus was frustrated at the heart of the people because they were no longer receptive to truth. Church, can I tell you, they were in a church building. How many churches are full of people that are worshiping a God that they don't know? We love people. You're never going to hear me degrade someone. I have no idea what they grew up in. I have no idea how abusive their dad was. I have no idea what happened in their life. You're not going to hear us badger and beat down people who are homosexual or transgender. But we are going to say this is sin and you can be free from it. And I'm not talking about just that issue. I'm talking about pick an issue. And sometimes people are free instantaneously. And sometimes it's a choice that you have to live. And Paul said, I die daily. Here's what I want to do, but I'm not going to do it. We don't know how to love people 
but keep a standard. And we've got to do better at that. That's why I'm telling you, I, I, want, I want people coming in with earrings everywhere. Because I know everybody just needs a start. Everybody just needs an on-road. The last thing, and I'll get out of your way, is do, do, Jesus teaches us that doing good will always is always the goal. Doing good is always the goal. Come on, do we do good when we go out to eat? Uh-oh, here we go. We're getting real now. Come on, that 16-year-old got your meal. She can't even, you know, remember the order. She came back three times, you know, spilled, poured your tea and spilt it on your hand. And you're like, God, you're stupid. If you can't serve, don't serve. Do we do good all the time? Are we always trying to do good? We're always trying to do good. Come on. I, 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 I'm trying to do good with my mouth. I'm trying to do good with my expressions. I'm trying to do good with my patience. I'm trying to do God to help me do good. Not because I, 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 I will gain some sort of acceptance from Jesus, but I know that he does good. He does good. And it's always time to do good. It's always time. Stretch out your hand and do good in someone's life. Stretch out your hand and bless somebody. Stretch out your hand on somebody's life. As a believer, we're always looking to do good to people. God is good. God sent Jesus. There has been this huge doorway and system for us of God doing good, God doing good, God doing good, God doing good. What are we supposed to do? Stretch out your hand. Thanks for listening. To see what's happening at the house, follow us on social media at the house underscore NWA.